Welcome to episode 153, 54, 154, I think, probably of Tactical Crouch. Kick Tripod here, back in the saddle with Yiska and Volamel. Welcome to a very merry Tactical Crouch. Hope you're having a great holiday. And, uh, man, it is a Christmas sweater. Thank you. It's Lord of the Rings. Everybody keeps asking what it is. It's Lord of the Rings. It's Lord of Mm -hmm. the Rings. It's Lord of the Rings. It would would you have picked up on that? Because I was I was like yeah. kind of impressed. Like when I started looking, I'm like, oh, you're right. It is. That makes way more sense. Yeah. The writing makes sense. Writing. Yeah, it makes sense. I think this and that I would have. Don't know. I'm Sorry, just. I'm flaming. Uh. <laughs> anyways, um. <laughs> good to see you guys. Missed you. Uh, out on vacation though it was great. It was relaxing. Um, had a ton of fun uh, being with Katie's family. Uh, don't worry, we quarantined before and after. We were as safe as we could be. We all drove. We didn't fly. It's good. So that's what it was. All good things. Glad uh, everybody's safe. Yep. Yeah, and hopefully. we've been getting weekly quarantine tests for the past thirty weeks or whatever. So nice. Anyways, I think we're I think we're okay. Um. But yes, we are, uh, we're back. It's good to see you all. Big thanks to everybody who's here in the chat. Big thanks to everybody who uh, is um, listening throughout the week, wherever you are, getting ready for the holidays. I uh, hope it's going to be a great one for you all. We know it's a pretty weird year to be uh, having a holiday. Good thing there's True. a new WoW expansion. True. It's helped me not think about that as much. And mom's like, when are you going to come visit me in Florida? Never. I'm like, well, you could get me a private jet. All right. We'll fly. We'll fly. Are you paying? Yeah. I was like, I'm not flying. Buy me a bubble suit. I'm not flying American Airlines during a pandemic, ma. Hey, ma. He goes, well, you could drive. Yeah. From Northern California to Southern Florida. We can drive. Yeah. Yeah. Stay for tea and drive back. Drive right <laughs> off the yeah, Rocky yeah. Mountain slope. <laughs> That's what I would do. Yeah. I go, uh, the far- furthest I'll drive is Vegas. If everyone wants to meet us there. But then again, I don't want to go to Vegas right now either. Okay. Anyways, big thanks to our patron producers Refine Bean, Ferdino, Pin, Battle Crab, Lulshin, Rex Zane, Audio Compass, Kasha67, Shara Picasso, Nathan, Your Misery, Hunter Tane, Fabled Steven. Roger B. Owen, Chris R. 34444, Horbjorn, and listen to the podcast with some twin in the shower thinking of Yiska, Peace Camper, Anxiety Pokemon, Sir Girthalot, Bronzebot, Boohow, uh, Evan, and Alex S. Anxiety Pokemon. Sup. That was formerly Shrek 2 on DVD. Oh. It's Shrek 2. So I, I, I believe it, I believe it is anyway. Pokemon. There's no way to like go through and see name changes. Mm. Uh, but I was just it making fits, sure. Definitely. I just wanted to make sure that our patron producer th- thing was up to date uh, because I didn't want to 
mess it up. If you like the show, go to patreon.com slash tactical crouch. We're going to be doing, I believe, one game night, and then we're going to do like a movie night. Ideally. Some ideally. This ideally. month probably is a little tough, but it's a little odd. For some people, yeah. the holiday makes it really easy. For some people, the holiday makes it really hard. Right. I don't know. Uh, we'll figure it out. We'll get through this together. I shouldn't say that. We'll, <laughs> we will figure out <laughs> the game night together and mm. uh, we'll let you know. But I got to be honest, guys. There's a lot I need you to let me know because I've been a little in the woods on some of these things, and I I feel like I just came up. I, I just came up from for some air. Mm. Uh, yeah, and a lot has. I feel like a lot has changed in the last couple of days or weeks. <coughs> yeah, <laughs> feels uh, like days, th- dude. I'm so fast. I think like the first thing that we should probably inform you about that. Uh, Baroy is no longer with the do- to- Toronto Defiance. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's us. Dude, I have a lot of opinions about that. I will say, <laughs> I think it's. Okay. I, okay. Let's say this, right? I don't think. If I if I have an out of, of body experience and just consider the position, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's a there's a uh, situation where you probably don't need more than one uh, English speaking coach, um, and with glitch that is covered, right? There is also something to be said, maybe um, about clean slates, about salaries, about I I don't know what else could be involved. What definitely needs to be said, though, is is that it is pretty rotten, morally rotten, to release someone this late into the offseason. And, frankly, I'm not sure if, uh, if that job is still open, but oh, yeah. Overwatch League fans should also be pissed about this, because this is your premier guy for taking the spot from Captain Planet, uh, taking it over. Oh. That's a guy that did um, statistics against the pressures of comp- competition. So whatever you're getting from him is stress tested. Right? Like, that is the next best thing we could have had. I'm not sure if that's still on the table, but like this late into all of this? Dude, unbelievable. Unbelievable. And they, yeah. I, I don't think they ha- have quite understood that their uh, decision is a black swan event that they, they they aren't seeing it coming, but it's it's going to be rough for them. So okay, I, I forgive. I've I've got some ignorant questions here that I feel like I need to ask. Mm-hmm. So let, let me number one: Is there not four months until the off season is over? Yes, there is. is it not but a lot of teams have already now. They've already all spots are gone. Yeah, there's not a ton of. There could be room in the future, depending on things that happen. It, it teams have already kind of not solidified. I think that that's a little too strong, but I think they've already got ideas and started to build. And before that process, usually, at least in my um, assumption, would be to solidify your coaching staff first. So because we're so far into the process, granted that there is so much time to to the start of the season, there's there's really not a ton of 
space left. So it is a, it is a concern. It is kind of late right now that they would just drop it or drop this news on him like they did. And yeah, yeah, it's it's bizarre. It's just kind of weird. Yeah. OK, that's my first question. Mm. The second question is, I, I see kind of like unilaterally su- unilateral support in the industry from people I know and trust in, in the Overwatch League. Uh, for Baroy. Uh, mm-hmm. Bench even went as far as to say he was deadlifting the org in the offseason like Avala with Paris, ran NA trials by himself, acted in the GM role when Albus left, provided individual feedback to every single player who trialed this offseason. Um, is, isn't, like, what's the right way to, to run to, to ask this question? Um, what how how do teams not make that space you'd assume so if somebody is doing that and from everything that i've heard that is you know pretty true um or or very true um so when you have somebody like that who's capable of doing that who does that for you for multiple years or at least has grown into that role you'd think that you'd make space for that person um Again, this feels just like Toronto not really understanding what they have and then just kind of flying by to see their pants and then just letting them go. And it's especially this late in the offseason, it doesn't seem entirely super planned. Yeah, yeah. there's 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 not much positive to say about this other than hopefully he can find a home where he's properly appreciated. As as much as it seems, you know, rosy and oh we wish you the best in your next endeavors the 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 action doesn't support the messaging unfortunately i don't think you can say that and then immediately release somebody this late into the offseason and and really feel that or or at least make it genuine that you believe that yeah do you think toronto is competent enough to even know that to know what they have like the the organization itself like we have seen organizations usually gms and Mm. above and often not gms gms is kind of split 50 50 from like endemic esports people and non-endemic esports people and not that one is smart and one is dumb but um in a case like this one set tends to drop the ball a little bit more than others we've seen that type of incompetence from organizations as far as knowing who they have, being able to hold on to them, doing uh, doing right by the person and when and how they're released or signed. Um, you know, like, just think of all the stuff that even Hastro, you know, somebody like Hastro had to go through with mm. the Dallas Fuel with uh, letting go of Decay, Right. And, you know, again, it all came down to was this incompetence? Was this malicious? Was there malicious intent behind it? Mm-hmm. it this isn't the first time yeah. we've seen orgs just like without any malintent make a decision that negatively affects the individual and they could have done it better and they didn't know uh, or didn't consider it. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure it looks like a good decision to them based on what they had. Probably not an easy one. I appreciate that. I don't th- think they understand the tail end of that decision whatsoever. And um, yeah. that will hit them, I think. 
so yeah, it's a it's a rough one. Uh, also, didn't see it coming really. Um, yeah, Broy, that we've always got a fourth chair for you here on Tactical Crouch. By the way. <laughs> yeah, at the very least, be our SNL announcer guy. Broy, uh, just at the very beginning. fantastic arena host. He's got a definite career. In that. It's yeah. it, it's just kind of sad. Sad. It's a sad state of affairs, and I think you, John, you kind of hit the nail on the head for me at least um doing right by somebody you know budgets may come and go and you know visions may change in direction that's that's perfectly fine but i think like not necessarily setting everybody up for success but when you have somebody who has done as much as baroy has done for that team and that org you, you'd think you'd give them a little bit more of a of a not 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 leeway not pack it like a not asking for a bunch of like fanfare and it's not my place to ask for anything, but yeah, just, just, just proper. Attention. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, for those yeah. of you who like are, maybe you've just started watching overwatch league. You aren't totally familiar with like why, you know, Broy's done so much for the thing. So Broy set up and basically single-handedly um, ran the back end of uh, Winston's lab, which is probably something that, if you've started following Overwatch in the last two years, you probably have never come across it unless you've come through some like old archived Reddit threads mm. and stuff. Uh, but what Baroy set up essentially was like the first real um, statistical database for Overwatch League that actually used stats that didn't just come from the API, um, which you know, the API at the time didn't even affect custom games. You only got ladder things and heroes. Yeah, from nothing. That. Right. Um, he had to image. He had to use image recognition in order to get that information. Yeah. Literally ran it through AI and image re recognition to get all this stuff. And he's actually done the same thing with uh cipher cam for Valorant. I don't know how much that's being updated or used anymore, but I know mm. it's set up and, and technically working for that. Uh, if there's, you know, two people who have, you know, kind of had a real impact on analyzing with numbers in Overwatch, there's really only two names. It's Captain Planet and Baroy. And I think you'd be hard pressed to put one over the other uh, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, but the impact that Baroy has had and how we understand the game at a statistical level, I believe Baroy was one of the first ones to bring in first deaths wasn't he uh first death win percentage first kill. yeah yeah um first kill. yeah yep. so uh you know like some of those key stats now that we rely on in the overwatch league uses uh are stuff that were championed by baroy and the uh the, the the code that he wrote and the interface that he created for us to know and understand and analyze that yeah so it's it's a huge deal and for him to not be anywhere right now um it's it i mean for me i'm just kind of it sucks because it it's not just like toronto losing baroy potentially obviously that yeah, happens yeah it's what does what does he do next does he stay in overwatch where do, where does he go does he go to valorant with cypher cam and go you know do what the next thing is i, I don't know how many you can't you can't lose a baroy you just like yeah, you can't you can't afford to lose you that in your lose. community. Period. Yeah. And I know a lot of yeah. people aren't going to get it because they don't have a million subs or have uh, these you know insane sponsors or whatever else or you know win awards for shoutcasting. 
Uh, we have a lot of those, and they're great, and I think we, it would suck if we lost any of those people either. Uh, sure. But Roy is one of those uh, people who could go quietly, never be felt immediately, and the game can essentially never be the same. So yeah. I'm f- yeah. f- livid about it. Homebound drink. Um, <laughs> I, I'm really pissed about it. Um, but that's just me. And I have a bias. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's beautifully said. I think that's exactly who Bob Roy is. And also, basically, like, the father of statistics in Overwatch, right? Uh, I think so. Like, a lot of the stuff we use right now, I even would have hope that we, we would find... Because honestly, at the moment, I'm a little bit... I get that it's interesting, I get that it's something to talk about, and then you can measure against... Not, not well, but these bots on Reddit, for instance, that people are using to do like basic comparisons is kind of rough. Mm. Um, I also appreciate that it's really hard to have meaningful statistics in the, uh, during hero pulls. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, I, I think someone like him would help uh, in the right position. At the same time, you got to wonder if uh, like that talent is not just going, going to be lost on us again. We once again, like uh, that's just what we do apparently in Overwatch. We just uh, let entertaining, skilled, knowledgeable workhorses leave the scene in droves. And we have no sticky tape to keep them around. I don't know. It just keeps happening. Yep. The only the only kind of solace that I have is that he's an intelligent man enough to literally go wherever he wants and find success yes. in droves. If it if it isn't here, I he'll he'll find a space he'll make a space he'll do what needs to be done to to, to land somewhere else and <laughs> that's do incredibly Broy, well. Broy doesn't that's, need overwatch nearly as much as overwatch no. needs bro no yes <laughs> no. this man is the epitome of it's this book it's like it's basically my favorite book it's called sadatra by Hermann hesse i really recommend like everyone at stage different stages in their life uh when they read it this guy and oh yeah nice you got it um and Sorry, I didn't have the, th- the first have part. Show it again. <laughs> it's backwards, but okay. Uh, right. So basically, it's about. Um, I don't want to spoil too much, but like, it's about a guy that's been ra- raised by um, a religious type father, and he learns a lot and goes that way path uh, at the start of his life as well. And he has this these three guiding principles at the start of the book which is like i think if never i never take your helmet tra- off <laughs> no running with forks it's never take your helmet off um you can you uh must restore the armor to the previous mandalorian and what else you're describing the mandalorian right that was the no, book? i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> no. but um <laughs> fair enough but uh the I read it in German, of course, because it's a German author, but I think it translates to maybe Joe. How far along are you? Have you read oh, it I yet? I finished it like months ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's like, um, I can wait. I can fast. I can think. I can think. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Baroy in a nutshell. So basically, uh, I can think, dude, of course, mega intelligent, able, like, basically, uh, self-taught master programmer um uh i can wait he like 
people don't understand. Like this guy is is a weird, just like one of one type of he really guy, is. right? Like like he God bless him. he does things that nobody else does. He just like flies to, like it's just like I'd like to learn Japanese. Oh, that means I'm sitting on a plane, just like <laughs> to Japan. <laughs> like yeah, I don't uh, have a, a hotel booked really, but let's see where, where life leads me. And then he can fast. Like he can live on very little resources, has done it during the Winston Slept days. So he's mm. the epitome of that type of character to me, where it's just like, yes, I know that this really sucks for him, but I also know that this guy probably like spent like 12 bucks during his Overwatch League career and just has the rest of his salary. It's and got a nice probably, egg. Yeah, can can probably sustain himself for a good while until his next genius move. So he did need to call me to get help with how to open an American. Oh, that story, in San Diego. <laughs> we have that recorded. Yeah, that's that's saved for posterity. Uh, uh yeah, man, that was so amazing. Funny. That was back it's in amazing. the Overwatch League daily days. He goes, "You're the only, my so only." It was back. I was literally editing the show at three a.m. He goes, "You're the mm. only friend in America right now that's up." Can you help me? <laughs> I was like, what's up? <laughs> he's, he's like, I can't get into the door to my, I, I think it was a friend's place or something. He goes, I put the key in and I was like, I, if they're, if the keys different. Just, I don't know. You got to jiggle, try lifting the door. I don't know. We ended up getting in obviously. <laughs> Otherwise he wouldn't be here today. Yeah. But uh, no, and it was scary, right? Wasn't he chased some, by like, weird homeless man on a bike? There was, a, it was Chasing a lot him. of weird stuff. <laughs> yeah. He did not have a great, that was not a great no. 24 hours for him. No. Um, but he just has a ton of these stories. He just like, he does. He just he really does, stuff. does. I mean, just, I don't know the... if he knows what fear is. I really don't. I don't think he I does. I don't think so. Dude recorded himself in a cheerleader outfit just for our <laughs> stupid little show. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. hey, Baroy, can you hold this up for a picture that I can show everybody? He goes, I'll do you one better. Comes back the next day with a four minute <gasps> edited video. Scooter tuning. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh no. Oh, oh man. Scooter yeah. tuning was dude. Yeah. Corona needs to fucking quit. Yeah. This man needs to go out and live his life again. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, that's our ode to Baroy, if you will. Um, hopefully he stays in Overwatch. Hopefully we have him on the show many more times. Mm. Yes. Yes. Cheers to that. Billionaire by 35, Baroy. Uh, okay, so Baroy's out. Um, we should probably just talk about Toronto in general, huh? Because Toronto has, uh, I think, made the most significant, or not the most significant, since I've been gone. Uh, mm. This is one of those teams, one of the teams that has changed the most. Um,. With that, I mean, uh, we finally know where Nice is. Yeah, and that is as bizarre as it make is. Any sense to me? I kind of it's it's not like a weird signing. It's more of just like what was Philly up to, and like why did they let him go? Because for all like intents and purposes, I figured that he was going to be like their next project. Where like he's locked down in Fooney in T1, they bring him up. He's very useful for them. You know, this this next wave of talent coming into the the team, and then they let him go to Toronto, which is 
I would hope or at least imagine that they, you know, got something for that. But it's more of kind of like weird shifty eyes at Philly where it's just like, huh? Why? Just so bizarre. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's a great signing for Defiant. Don't get me wrong. Um, He's so nice to Sato. Yeah, I think this I, I really as as much as I'm I'm slightly begrudged to say, I think like Toronto is very, very undervalued. I think this team's actually going to do. And I feel like I say this about Toronto almost every year. Uh, they look like they should do well on paper, like. Very well, this team's quite, quite stacked. Iced is just kind of like the cherry on the, the top of the cake. This, this team's very good. I'm excited to see what this rookie backline looks like. I've been high on Sato for a while now. Isu, I don't think I need to really kind of justify high expectations after what we saw with Philly last year. Michelle, as bizarre as it was that we didn't see him much on Seoul, um, I, I definitely think is a player that can do well. I think people for his entire career have underrated logics. Beast. Beast is the one that I'm like, I'm not mad about you being in the league. I'm more mad that I can't see you like in a starting position because I do want like to have a better understanding of like what people not I'm see. Sorry, I'm going to interrupt you but, really quick. Yiska disconnected, by the way, chat. So don't start spamming how you can't see Yiska. We, f we f know. He'll be back. He'll be back. Um, so you want to see I think Beast? I'd like to see Beast start somewhere. I'd like to see Beast start somewhere. The rumor... Pick an academy granted, team, man. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Academy teams. I or wish, I wish that that was like a, a viable option. Team. They're just n never like managed properly and barring a few exceptions being like Hurricane and you know, some some select few in the past, but I don't know. I did all mm. like in general, though, I'm very excited to see Toronto play. I think this team's going to do really good things and is kind of a um, a pillar to this idea that there's going to be so many competitive teams. You look at Toronto across like their franchise history as a whole. This isn't a team that you think is is going to do incredibly well. And then you look at some of the names that they signed and you don't necessarily have to be the biggest Sato fan. You don't have to be the biggest Hisu fan, but you can't really ignore what they've been doing and what they've done in the past. You can be excited for the rookie, you know, talent coming in. Nice as somebody who has been kind of tracked and has been projected to be, you know, a potential star in this game. And now he's landing on a team that looks to be really, really solid. So this isn't a question of Sato not having any more help on Philly. Same thing goes with Hisu. Michelle finally, you know, hopefully can can kind of land and, and stick the the mat here and, and find a starting position and get in there and, and play well. And we've seen him do incredibly well in the past. This team has all the metrics of success kind of pointing, you know, up in the green and it's okay. Now, when are we actually going to move? You know, when is this team going to find some success? Because again, I feel like I say this every year where it's like, oh, well, they have this piece and this piece and oh, sure for and oh, you know, these O2 players from season one and then it all goes kaput. It's like, okay, well, if it's not the coaching staff, because that constantly changes, if it's not the, the players, because they constantly change, who is it? That's, that's where I have to kind of file it down to, because the, the entire roster changes, even the support staff. So where is this going wrong? I can't imagine that it's completely circumstantial every single season for four seasons. Three seasons, I guess, because they were an expansion team. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, the, so I there's when you I look at the individual players in each role. I'm like, yep, that's good. Mm. Yep, that's good. Yep, that's mm-hmm. good. Yep, that's good. You know, but I pretty much can do that for 16 out of the 20 teams. 100. percent And I think that this organization has shown more than a few times that they haven't been able to do more with less. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily lend any credibility to the idea that all of a sudden they can do more with more. And 100%. that's where, like, I think right now, if you're like, John, you have to, you know, rank Toronto right now. They're, they're not a playoff team for me. Um, they're, I don't even know if they're a bubble team. I think they're one of the few teams that sits right below that bubble. Mm. Um, you know, just is kind of overall disappointing. Um, and that sucks because I see Hisu, I see Nice, and I see Sato, and I see Michelle, and I see Aztec, and I see Anson J, and I go, you know, crap, these guys, you know, deserve playoff bursts for sure. Like every mm-hmm. single one of them. But there's just, so let I me, think there's a lot going on there. Let me, I, I 100% agree. Now, here's the, the, mm-hmm. the, the kind of eight head take. If, okay. Philly moves, and we know that to be true, that Philly is going to be playing the 2021 season in Asia. If the Atlantic Conference starts to pare down in terms of strength, do you think that Toronto could move up at least divisionally? I think Yiska overall (laughs) um, couldn't tell a potato from a grape. Mm, That's true. (laughs) Yeah. No, uh, sorry, so, my internet so, kind of went out. Uh, you're you're okay. Um, so Joe, you were asking uh, since Yiska is here, even though you're asking yeah, me, yeah. we'll just repeat it. So he's in, he's in on the conversation. So we were kind of looking at Toronto as a whole. It's quick evaluation of the roster, and John had brought up that like eh, I, I I struggle with the 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 overall resume that they show and they really can't do more with less and i can't really give them the benefit of the doubt and say that they're going to do more with more so i don't think that they're going to be a playoff team and to that i said if we take into consideration that philly is moving to asia in 2021 to play the the whole season in asia um from south korea does that move toronto up in your summation divisionally in in the atlantic region or at least in the western half of the overwatch league I mean, they're better at this point. Right. Like, they... I don't buy that two-year plan what they're selling us one bit. Like, that just doesn't make sense based on the market moves they've done right now. What's the oh, two-year yeah. thing? That you're going to fire uh, Logics and Beast in the second year and get two more of uh, of the same uh, player type in? Like, how is that... <laughs> get out. Um... Generally speaking, I think they should be having more success, most definitely. Yeah. Generally speaking, if you don't have success with this, then it is nobody ever on the ground floor of this organization, but actually in the upper uh, offices that facilitate a competitive environment that isn't, uh, isn't uh, conclusive of good uh, Overwatch play. That's just how it is. The first roster was already... Like, look at the first roster. Like, legitimately, a lot of these players are really good, still. Mm-hmm. Yakpang is coming back. Stella looked uh, pretty good. I'm 37 is somehow back in the Overwatch League. 
Neko was a main support that um, could have played now as a coach. I think he could have made it back into Overwatch League given the uh, main great. support. Uh, so Ivy is still. What are you like? Okay, so you bump one roster, right? The next year, like Logics is not a problem for you. Like a lot of uh, your previous guys find find jobs elsewhere. We'll see what kind of success looks uh, looks like there. I don't know, dude. Like, if you don't bomb it out of the park at this point, like I'm talking top five NA, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, what's going on there in your uh, organization that um, that causes these problems? Third time's the charm again. Everything continues to change with this team. The coaches change almost mid-season. The last two seasons, the players change mid-season. I need tomato juice right now. Everything. <laughs> I love how he just has it on. It's multivitamin. Once yeah. Again. Okay. Geriatric. Anywho. Need a. Um, need a. F yeah. I, I right don't know. It, the the team. Let me get my vitamin suit. Take some vitamins. <laughs> Take a pill. You don't have to chug dude. V8. Yeah, juice this, to get, this, get all those vitamins. Entire bottle of vitamins. Pill, it's the same thing. Act your age and have a multivitamin, okay? Yeah. This has way more sugar and calories. I don't know why you would ever take a pill instead. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Just get it over with, man. <laughs> Just get it over with. I don't know all why. All that but to I... say, what? I'm just waiting for you to start talking about Overwatch again so I can uh, fall into your word once again. Yeah, yes. great. Yeah. There you go. No, all, all that to say that I think uh, we all pretty much agree that Toronto needs to actually show up this year. Um, and this is a roster that should show up. So I am not happy about it. See. Yeah. Toronto, uh, I don't I, want I, you to win this year, man. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> I don't want you to. Bias, I just yeah. don't want you to win this year. I am completely biased in it. I don't care. You got rid of somebody who I consider a friend. Therefore, number one, all my analysis on any team is basically invalid based on me being true. the one analyzing, first of all. Second Shut of up. all, sec second of all, with Roy being, just if anything I say about Toronto, just know it's because I want them to lose for the next season. Just uh, <laughs> if you're a Toronto fan, uh, I, I, can be, everything. I can be the Green Bay Packers to your Minnesota Vikings, baby. You could just hate me. But you can John rip me off, call me Toronto defiant, uh, whatever, a, a hater for no reason. I, there is a reason. I've told you the reason. Uh, but but maybe maybe John, you just maybe John, you are just talking uh, speaking the truth because now there are no panda man's feelings to hurt about his team. I'm t I'm telling you mm. this, like. A lot of people like uh, Baroy in Overwatch. Mm. I think that a lot of barriers were kept together by Baroy. <laughs> Certainly. You know what? I don't even care. I hope you win one game. Oh. I, I hope you make Shanghai's 0-40 stretch look like a preseason scramble. <laughs> I hope that... <laughs> When people look at the worst dynasties of all time and they look at it like, well, obviously it's not Shanghai anymore. It's not Florida anymore. Let's start talking about the Defiant. That's what I want for you. Yeah. I'm not going to. Uh, but enjoy read your it out loud. cool jerseys, though. Because, man, they they're cool. Have, they have they look great. Yeah. You guys look That's so true. great cheering for a team that I f hate.
Woo! There you go. It's true. There you go. We're just going to cut that. Are we going to cut the last? We can just cut the last five no, minutes, right? Keep it. I like it. Bring the heat. <sighs> no, I, I, I got to not talk about Toronto for a while until I get... To be fair, like, I kind of get it from that point of view as I... Like, I think that move makes a lot of sense in... October. In a business sense. Sure. Yeah. Right? I mean, it makes like, business sense whenever they whenever they want. It just makes mm, you really trashy. Yes. It doesn't it, make you have good to personal it sense. It doesn't make good 100%. HR sense. It doesn't make yep. good, hey, coaches, come here, coach for our organization. By the way, always have a contingency plan and be three months ahead of us because sometimes we don't know when we're going to fire you. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be an 0 and 80 team. Oh, and 80. Thing is, I think, like, okay, there's theoretically other ways where they could have handled this. They could have promoted Baroy to GM. Do you guys see a type, a guy like Baroy be GM? I don't think that works. I think he can do the tasks. I don't think he can lie as well as he would need to be able to in That's order to someone, be a general manager. Yeah, that kind of gets somebody said it earlier where like uh, Broy's kind of the Waz to like the Apple and Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. Like in the same like Waz could have never been the the CEO of Apple. Right. right. Uh, sorry, like Broy probably more valuable. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. Um I, I think, in, so to bring it back on the team, I think Nice is a bit of a gamble. Um, oh, think so? That's a hot take. I mean, it's not yeah, really because, a hot take. I mean, any, anytime you bring somebody in new to graduate from Tier 2 to the Overwatch League class, there's always that there. But it, yeah, to that, me, that Nice was one of the safer picks. I'd say so. Yeah. I think... I think it's also obvious because there's a previous connection with the fusion guys as well as the uh, as well as glitch uh, from Funny Days. I also think he hasn't been this good in uh, T1. Listen, that team, right. bless their yes. hearts, they tried real hard. I know that team sucked. I know, I know. Yeah, look no farther wrong, than than the captain, Dyson Airblade himself, leading the charge in the front office. You know what I'm saying, like. Come on now. Can't, can't expect too terribly much. I'm just saying that. whatever T1 touches kind of turns to dust. Like he's he like T1 is reverse Captain um what how do you pronounce that? Midas? 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 The guy that the Midas, Midas turns yeah. things to gold, everything he touches. Yes. Yeah. Joe Marsh is sort of like the the opposite. Just like whoops, that just turned to poop. <laughs> Might uh, ask. SKTT one, like might the ass. best, most do- dominant le- uh, team in uh, League of Legends history. It's just how it go. Oops. Uh. Yeah. Well, um, you know who has the reverse Midas touch, or the reverse, reverse, the double reverse, the actual golden touch. That's Albert Yav, yeah, the Florida Mayhem Yeska. There you go. Should get a oh, job That's a team. Designing. I wouldn't know. I just woke up to interview his players at 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, talk a little bit more about, you know, the, this documentary that you guys put out with right. GD Recon, obviously. Yeah. Probably one of the better pieces of content. Best piece. Right. I'd say so. Ever. Period. 
ever. This obviously it, besides all 154 episodes of Tactical Crouch. True. <laughs> One of the best. 154 <laughs> episodes, then that, and then every Toronto Defiant game in the future. The very bottom. <laughs> very, very bottom. <laughs> Stacking up the bottom. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about this. Um, mm. First off, I'm proud of the product, of the final outcome. Should be. I think that we we did pr uh, pretty well there. I think the Mayhem were really accessible, did a lot for us in order to be able to do this. Mm. It was a ton of fun. Um, there's unfortunately also a lot of great stuff that uh, we, of course, couldn't include. So, for instance, the... Like the Albert interview was 40 minutes to, uh, of interview. The Cookie interview was 40 minutes. Yeah. Uh, OG was 20 minutes. Swingship was 25. So you can expect, like, of course, there's a lot of uh, editing. Good, in. good information uh, still that couldn't make it in, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think that this team is really interesting in what they're. Like it's it's almost like a team that we don't really think about that much when we're to talking about top teams, but we should, we should. absolutely should. I would have liked them to pick up a little bit more of an inspired pick than Checkmate, even though I did hear the name brought up in a lot of teams. Plan B, mm. okay, um, so definitely his name that got some looks. Yes, yes. Mm. I think, for instance, Glista would have been great for them uh, as well. Um. That would have been a, a nut signing. And I think that's also something. Mm, I mean, yeah. I mean, if the shot calls, that's just what, what is happening to, at the moment. I have to say right? no to that. Right. Um, I like their entire new facelift. I like that they, they just, like, from how I get Overwatch, I think they get it the most out of any team. Why? Because. Like we've always preached on this podcast, bring in endemics that have m had some success. Somehow make them believe they can't do it on their own, even though they very much can. Then put them under your umbrella and just have them create dope stuff. And almost everyone in that uh, organization that is someone in, in this uh, orc now is endemic. Like that starts what, from social media with Fibbledork that goes over to Swing Chip uh, as a translator. Albert c came up as a player, analyst, assistant GM, GM. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, okay, Cookie and whatever, right? Like, but th this organization now gets it, and it's a complete turnaround from mm -hmm. from uh, what they were. So that's really nice to see, and I think that's also worth celebrating. Um, which was kind of the point of this. While at the same time saying, there's also this other guy that comes in, sort of has a, a, a similar story to you guys, even though maybe the perception of his uh, performance wasn't the same. Because I will mm. tell you, um, like that's why we didn't force this learning to win again thing um, too much on o OGE. Because uh, like, the vibe I got from his answers was more like, I just think it's part of the process to do this. I just keep trucking on and trucking on and trucking on. And whatever comes my way, I will, I will just uh, get over it. Right. So 
Um, that was also really interesting to see too. To, like it's just different ways how people uh, treat adversity. Some just push through, and some break and then reinvent themselves. Yeah. I'm uh, m me personally. I'm definitely more a breaker. Like I keep piling up my problems until it's too heavy. Then I break down a little bit, and then that allows me to change something about myself in a significant way mm. as to overcome the issue. But um, I think the other way, just to truck on and get incrementally better, is also a, a fine choice. So um, it was really fun. It was really, um, yeah, like just just what you learn about the process and everything. I will say, and I'm not sure if we want to go on this tangent, but uh, content consumption Overwatch problem. Like, if unless you're plat chat, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, unless you have distribution channels uh, secured on YouTube for you. Sure. It's it's unfortunate. Like, it's it's just coming back to the realization that what people claim they want. And I, I would include myself. Like I've always brought up this this type of argument. Going, you don't actually really know what you want unt until you have it. Mm. And if you have it, you're not aware that you kind of like it more, very often, right? So sure. I don't know. At this point, it's it's really more about like what it what is actually generating uh, interest, right? Mm. So it, it, yeah, in that that regard. Um, it was a little disappointing for me, not so much as like I'm. Tr I tried well, most of the time. I'm intrinsically motivated, but it, it's it's of course like something um, where I also think it's just a, such such a large amount of effort put into it, right? For sure. So yeah, no, I I really enjoyed my time doing that one, um, mm -hmm. and that is something. So I can't speak to what's. But the general idea of trying to f talk to people and get more transparency into Overwatch, that is something that we're going to do in 2021. And I'm going to start with that this week. Um, I'm not sure if it's coming out this week, probably not, but probably the next one. So consider that the Christmas present I have for you guys. Some juice. Everybody loves some some Christmas juice. But no, even if you know X amount of people watch, I it, you know it sounds like you're very proud of it. It's it's definitely worth being proud of. Uh, and and this is kind of a watershed moment for most of the teams in the league to kind of like step up the announcements. You know the the tweets and the the the, the cute pictures aren't are cutting it anymore. We need yes. to do more. And and Flafora Mayhem are kind of yes. spearheading that path and and clearing the brush on that front working with journalists, working with content creators to be able to not only have a bigger rollout, but a wider one as well, you know, different kind of content that, you know, might not be necessarily suitable is, is a strong word, but you know, it, it's better on other platforms than it is on yours and this, that, the other thing. I think it's, it's much more uh, thought out than signing a roster, tweeting it out and then not doing much else with it. Yeah. So yeah, props to them. I think they're they're killing it over there, and they deserve the success that they're undoubtedly uh, going to achieve in twenty twenty one. So yeah. Also, like I I definitely agree with the notion of 
Like, I just don't agree with the idea of doing something that is hype creating and just because it doesn't immediately generate the buzz, going away from it. Mm. I think there's... It's not as much as a way of finding the uh, gold mine or like the vein in the ground. It's much more to, you know, like sow the ground and just like work it. So like this is an, an established, like everyone should be doing what the Florida Mayhem should, uh, has done. Every GM should be talking like uh, Albert and uh, Prehav. And even if you get 50 views on your stuff, that doesn't mean that, that it's, it isn't important content and effort towards like a better entertainment product that should be going out. People need to learn again that there is interesting content out there. They're not currently seeking it out. The distribution channels that uh, people have for interesting content, they are kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm going to use that. Like mycelic networks, they are kind kind of dry, uh, dried up, right? Like mm -hmm. you, you had a way to communicate with an audience, sort of in season one, based on the buzz. And then things got boring, and then instead of making it more inter interesting, team said, "Well, nobody's really looking, so I guess that's not wanted." And the problem is, at some point, you keep cutting so much that you kind of must come to the conclusion that this league is not wanted? That can't be the conclusion, right? Yep. Like, you have to counteract and create the excitement from the ground up. Just teaching fans once again that there is quality to content out there mm -hmm. and that it is coming from various sources, not just chasing the algorithmic numbers that, like, your bottom line is giving you, but you got to build it from the ground up again. I think there's a beautiful metaphor that you keep dancing around, and that's the the lessons and and virtues taught through the the vehicle of a pop quiz. You always need to be prepared because you don't know when the teacher is going to come out and say, "Here's Overwatch 2. Do you have your content team build up? Do you have a, a a correct vision? Do you have these platforms kind of chock full with content? No, you don't. So you're going to fail. That's not going to be good for anybody. So build it now. Get work, work out the kinks now while, you know, nobody's looking while the teachers aren't testing you. But then when, when, you know, the shit hits the fan proverbially, you'll, you'll have something to, to show for it. Dude, like we used to be pretty good at that. I don't think we really appreciate how good season one was in that regard. Mm -hmm. Like someone on Reddit posted the uh, Jay Hong uh, mini doc that Overwatch League ran. I forgot how good that thing is. It does so many things so well, like okay. things that I want to in, in, uh, incorporate in, in whatever like content. Uh, but like they have the like Jay Hong's face as the center of the action, almost no body language, just like the face. Just him. you see the full facial uh, progression of him, pretty much talking about the redemption arc story of his own career, of going to sudden attack. Was it sudden attack? Counter-Strike, Sun Attack, then going to the military, thinking it's over, coming back, feeling dizzy, playing Overwatch. Anna comes out, everything changes, he comes becomes the dominator of uh, Overwatch, uh, pre-Overwatch League, right? Yep. Like, and it's, it's all, like, first-person storytelling, like, nice elements 
uh, here and there. You see the full emotion. And this thing that, dude, that is a gut punch of content. I really wish, like, I, I understand that at this point, I think I, I looked at it, it had 26,000 26, views. That's not a ton for a full production from an, an official leak source, right? But that is the type of content that A, we can now enjoy once again. So it, like the, the bulge of the content won't just come like the first week that you release it, but over the years, once again sure. and again, yeah. uh, it's, it will keep trickling. It's and it is like it, if someone, think of it this way, it's an investment. If I watch this as a new fan, there's a little chip that put, gets put on my soul that, that, or like a little chip is thrown in, uh, of my emotional investment. It's thrown into the pot. Mm -hmm. And every time you release a video like that, I keep chipping into the pot. Oh no, I'm hard committed at this point. I don't like, I, 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 go on, I got finite chips and there's already 200 chips in this Overwatch League pot. I think I might stick around, guys. And that's how you grind like meaningful viewership, people that are lifers or uh, people that really are behind this, right? And uh, like loyal fandom and like it, it is a grind. It absolutely is a grind. And th that is the type of content um, that facilitates that. And I think by not producing it, if anything, yes, I, I also understand the business point because that that is like you you put money in and the return immediate return of that is not that high or you haven't also built the base yet right or you like or your base is currently being undermined by a global pandemic you got to believe in your product to be able to be like just like raise up from the ground floor and not be in an immediate success you you need to incrementally get people invested right yep. so Man, I, I would love to have more of these uh, pieces of like, dude, uh, like that, that is such good content. I don't know. Like at the time, I didn't even watch it. I, I think I, I, it was kind of, it was kind of quiet to come out, but yeah, they've, they've yeah. got a couple like just bangers that they've nailed and have gone over as well as every other video, kind of just milk toasty and eh, nobody really watches it. Nobody really talks about it. But they've got some gems in there for sure that they should be able to kind of look at and, and see the success and where else it can find success. You know, this is a this is a uh, an esport that kind of built and cut its teeth in, in like heavy fandom and like very dedicated fan groups. You look at, you know, the South Korean, you know, runaway fans and the Lutakai fans and you look at, you know, how fervent people were about team envious and rogue had you know the, the french crowd you know captivated and whatnot it, it's about the players it's always been about the players so why aren't we highlighting mm. them why aren't we putting the camera in front of their faces why is that so difficult for us still in 2021 and that's I, that's the thing dude like that once again comes back to the point of like i had a tweet about this recently like if you don't have long-term player careers you don't have long-term fandom and I understand that this isn't necessarily true in every sport in the world. 
it's not true for college uh, football, of course, because players keep changing there, and their uh, your affiliations are there because you probably either studied there or were born in that city or sure. whatever, right? Somehow inundated. Yeah. That a is that much weaker in esports? That force, I believe, uh, that to be true. I think also because like our range of the teams that like just because I'm. European doesn't necessarily mean I, I want to celebrate London. Like that's not how it works. Yeah. Just because I'm on the same like landmass, like I mean, and, you can't you can't you know ignore the people who do think that way though, right? I think there that, is something like charming thing, about that, but sure, that's only that, one facet, like you're saying. Yes, that's only one facet, and it's like this this process, like it, it is best facilitated and very likely initially facilitated and even if not definitely in 2020 only facilitated by cult of personality for the same reason that Cristiano Ronaldo is a twice as big brand as Real Madrid is same reason that that's also true with Messi and Barcelona or Neymar or whoever the big football stars are that, that for the same reason you need to attach personalities to your league. I don't think it even matters that much if they stay on the same team. People need to be able to follow stories or teams, but you it's it's infinitely harder to uh, form allegiances to abstract concepts like a team or like a city than it is to a face of a brand. Look at the uh, the the successful brands. Either you like someone like Fnatic that has grinded out their esports reputation for like 20 years now, and even those do not have the success that someone like G2 has, sure. where there's very clearly a personality at the top of that uh, brand, and hence why they're, they're um, growing. Look mm. at TSMs and other... That, is, that entire brand is uh, built on personality. That's just personality, yeah. It it starts with uh with like the uh, initial bunch with Reggie himself being a personality taking a backseat then like things cycle through it's odd one then it's Dyrus, then it's Bjergsen and it keeps cycling but you got the personalities like that's the reason why people cheer TSM because you're attaching interesting people to uh to your brand you cannot every year just like get rid of the entire people and throw them in another ecosystem. Like, absolutely, we, th th this is the core question. I understand that there are other types of fandom and everything, and it's fine, and, but why is it that in Overwatch, we have such an issue to keep the skilled, the knowledgeable, the entertaining around year after year? I mean, you know why. The game so changed that. But it's so it's so deep rooted. I I think you it it it'd be a Herculean effort to completely like unroot that. Um, it needs to be. I I've talked about it more times than I can count. But I I don't know how you fix it. It's at a developmental level. This this is a game that literally was birthed from the corpse of another game. So like even through its inception, it didn't know what it was supposed to be. Sure. And now we're getting to the question, it's growing up and hitting puberty. It's like, okay, well, what are we? What am I? 
how does this all work? Because we've never had, we've never actually asked that question before, at least at the developmental level. Um, and, and it is, it is beautiful. And I, 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 it probably needs to be talked about at some point in the near future. I, I still want to give credit where credit's due and completely not somehow go too far off tangent with the Florida mayhem because they are kind of leading that charge and they are doing good work in that space. And they're, they're going to be successful. I think in the long run, I think this season they're going to find success with this roster. They're going to create content around that. And I think by the end of this season, you're going to have a, a, a series of content. If, if I had to guess the mayhem are going to be looked at in, in a much more different light and much more applauded in that way. Um, with, with everything that they do with supporting tier two, Albert talking about possibly getting back into tier two when it's right, right for him doing this document with, you know, GG or documentary with GG recon, um, you know, announcing these videos in the way that they do doing these shows that they're, they're just doing it better than almost anybody else. I, I truly believe that. And, and I think they're going to reap the, the benefits that by the end of this year. So yeah, yeah. as, as, as screwy as overwatch is, there's at least somebody doing it right. No, a uh, big fan of the of the general uh, strategy that they've like. It's such a, such a turnaround. If you remember what we thought yeah. of the Florida Mayhem, right? And I'll straight up tell you, Shanghai was um, similar. The fr Shanghai was the first uh, wave of redemption. Mm -hmm. Florida was the second wave of redemption. There's a third wave coming, and it might be two teams. And I mostly, I think both of them have a pretty equal trenches. But of course, it's Dallas Fuel and the Washington Justice. Yep. That are on the that could be the third wave of Redemption Arcs and coming into season four. Has there ever been like a a two year like really bottom team or or three year rather? It always seems like teams kind of suck for two years and then they like big bounce back. Is Dallas like the third, like the, the, the longest running like poop team? Houston? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know. And I mean, poop is kind of, poop is kind of relative, right? Because we haven't had any team that has been consistently on the bottom. We almost had Shanghai. We almost yeah. had um, Boston. Take out season one Boston. Oh, yeah. Ah, um, you might have you just, yeah, that might so just be take it. Take out season one. We, <laughs> Um, so we, we've had teams that have performed really poorly for two seasons. We've only had three seasons in total for ones mm -hmm. that have all performed bottom three for all three seasons, not an expansion team. I don't like that. Boston's the closest one, but I mean, they also had a perfect stage in that season. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a few, there's a few, you know, uh, cases that need to be fixed up, but. Definitely improving year by year. Again, uh, I want to really come into the season on, on a high note because this season looks so competitive. It's not funny. You look at this Florida Mayhem yeah. squad, you look at how, how good it looks. Some of the fun storylines like who's checkmate. We don't really know him. You know, what, what kind of, you know, star potential does this rookie DPS have? You look at the team, you're like, oh, yeah, good team. And then you look at the rest of these teams. You look at the scope of the field and you're like, whoa, OK, I don't even know if this team's going to be even that good it should be but there's some contenders out there that it's just like this could get real messy this is gonna get 
real scrappy in that mid pack. And even in maybe in the top end, who knows? Maybe we're coming into the expectations that shock and all these teams that were, were good for so long are going to continue to be so great. Odds on it's probably going to be, but they're overwatch is a, you know, to, to double back to what I said, we don't know what's coming with this game. We don't know what overwatch two brings. Things can change. Narratives can, they're not, they're not persistent in this game whatsoever. And it's and it's great when they are persistent because that's something we can attach to, and that's something that you can kind of sell people on. But if there's ever a a, a fire, uh, a, an inferno, a crucible to go through, it's it's Overwatch with with in regards to narrative. So, mm-hmm. you know, props to Florida in that in that regard. Um, final thoughts, I guess, on that because we did kind of bring up the the B word, and soon is you know itching to probably be talked about so let's yeah. do it it's such a weird signing anybody like weird. just like huh who mm-hmm. why yeah i mean they're not saying who they're saying huh <laughs> they're saying soon. and why yeah since stop booing him <laughs> stop booing him i think he's is he the only player that has like a chant like this You know, like, okay, so in, in football stadiums, as like, at least in German football, mm-hmm. every once in a while, a player of a team will be given the uh, the description of Fußballgott, which is like football, football god. god. And whenever the, the numbers are red, then that person will just get a different, you know, entrance celebration. I feel like soon is pretty much the only one that has one in Overwatch League. Yeah, that I can mm-hmm. think of that like the the community and the friends have like rallied around in that like collective yep. of a way where it's not just like a, a a small crowd of like very passionate fans. No, it's just kind of everybody. You might not even be a fan of soon, but you kind of just share soon in the way that everybody else does, and it's like this collective thing. And and you just cheer him on. It's he, he, I want I want him to kind of be on that Mount Rushmore. And he should be. And he and he probably is. But God is this move bizarre. Yeah. Like yeah, is this weird. is this supposed to be like the crowning achievement of the Boston uprising and the, the reason why they're gonna be good? Yeah. I, the reason why they're gonna be weird. marketable? I mean, you can't deny that he's going to sell some jerseys and they're going to be Boston ones, which is going to be a little weird. But yeah, I it is bizarre. It is very, very strange. I hope they do well. I'm I'm so over just pooping on Boston constantly. There's always I want, a fa- I, there's always a factor here. I think that we never know about and that's how much did they pay? Mm, sure. Uh, assuming soon isn't a, a league minimum drawing like, yeah, I'll play, I'll pay, make league minimum to play for the, you know, arguably the franchise that we've seen in overwatch league. I don't know how hungry he is to like, I'll do anything to stay in the overwatch league versus, um, Boston made him a good deal. I don't like, we're obviously speculating on a lot of that point, but soon does bring a couple of, uh, of, 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 pros to your 2021 Overwatch League roster, right? Uh, he's mm. not a bad player. No. He's not a bad not player at all. At all. He's a startable player. 
even now I get uh, compared to um I don't know, I'm 37 I don't know like I honestly don't know uh as much uh, about that and where their hero pools overlap so I'm sure someone could educate me on that there um but I don't think it's a player who a doesn't ever play uh b um ever since season 1 and I'm trying to make sure that I'm I'm yeah, ever since season one, uh, the Boston Uprising haven't really had a really marketable Western player. Yeah. I'm trying to test that against my knowledge because normally I have Wikipedia open for this. I think the only one was probably like maybe Note and my memory is even kind of like... Note and yeah, the, so there was the the Note and who did Note play with? He, he was, you had Note, you had the Tank Duo. Note and Gamsu? Gamsu and Note, like you had a little bit there, but that never really sparked anything. Not super forward-facing either. uh, Huge. And then you had also the player that we won't name on the show, uh, who, you know, was was a big part of that as well. But since then, they haven't had a really marketable Western player. Um, And for us fan of esports, I think a lot of us don't, you know, care. Jerry fit the bill for us last season and uh, Punk or not Punk, uh, Myung Bong will fit it for us this season. Fine. Uh, But uh, having that marketable Western player, I think is relatively. It's going to do wonders. It's going to be good for them. And I think this doesn't like boost them in my power rankings at all. I don't all of a sudden go, all right, now we're talking top 10 uprising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just, uh, sure. Why yep. not? Let's see what else so, you got. John, is there a rubber band with the Boston Uprising if they continue to be the Boston Uprising? If they continue to be real hot dog piss of a team, right? And they, and they, in the community's eyes, ruin Soon's career. Is there a rubber band to this where it's like, yay, Soon has a home? And then by the end of the season, we're like, oh, we're so mad at you, Huck. You ruined Soon. Can I answer this? I mean, go sure. ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I think you, not you're, you're the the like. I'd like to hear first what you think from the marketing pers- uh, perspective, because I want to mostly weigh in competitively. So if I'm understanding your question correctly, it's like, okay, he comes from, he goes to Boston. Boston sucks. Soon doesn't win. Right. Do, does he play often? Uh, let's say like 50% of the time, 50% let's say of the like time? Tracer, you know, pops in every once in a while and he's the starter in that. Do they make content around him? Probably. Boston. I mean, Boston has they're, they're for me, they're very hit and miss on content. They do great stuff like spilling the tea. Eh, eh. Uh, which I think has been really good, and they've you know had some other lackluster announcements. So like they're they're mm. a little hit and miss for me here. So you're saying yeah. if Boston does well, does it make the the community d- does soon lose his polish, or does Boston get blamed for soon being on a losing team? Is is am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, the former. I think I think the the stocks on Boston are up because they've signed like a very like beloved Western player uh-huh. that has a lot of history. Does that go down almost doubly so if they do not perform well in in the 
with the vehicle that they've somehow like ruined soon or didn't play him enough or you know wasted his time things things of that nature where where you rubber band you know backwards and forwards constantly if you're just this this criminally underperforming or serially underperforming team uh do you think that it did it ruined his reputation in season two with um uh paris no they finished 14th yeah and they were an all french team and i'm not sold not on all french way. team but they were the the european super team right yeah it's definitely not something I, I completely believe. Just kind of a thought. Um, I mean, I so I I I I love the the question you're posing. I think it's an mm. important one. Is how much do players affect the 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 perception of the brand, and how much does the brand affect the perception of the players? Yeah, and that's kind of where you kind of come out with you know NYXL. If a team you know mm. NYXL, if a player comes in like soon on NYXL. Uh, they're not disliking NYXL for soon not performing well. Because NYXL is seen as a pretty kind of pristine, untouchable organization. Um, again, off-the-cuff example. Sure. Uh, Boston Uprising are basically the anti-NYXL. You bring soon on there, and it kind of just goes like, would I rather cheer for soon or would I rather cheer for Boston? And I think that there's a lot of people who would rather cheer for soon. Um, I think so too. And so that's, I that's do, what kind of has me scared to your point. Um, Boston. The thing is though, is like, what is worse? Like what, what does worse look like for Boston? Like what does yeah. worse look like from a community perspective? Uh, what do you have to lose by bringing a player on that has some of that marketing value that you then, um, don't capitalize on versus what mm. do you have to gain? I think there's a lot more upsides than downsides. And at this point, like you're, I feel like you're riding the bottom a little bit. Oh, for sure. Um, sorry, Boston fans. I know I'm going to just get just oh, murdered in your discord for saying that. Cause there's a lot of great Boston fans and they love their Boston uprising. They want them to do well. I want Boston to do well. We all yeah, want nobody Boston wants to Boston well. to be bad. We don't want bad teams. Don't get me wrong, but you know, got to call a spade a spade sometimes. And, Boston kind of looks uh, a little turdy as of late. Now the season could look different. Yeah, not there's a lot of like, promising stuff player. here, and we're not we're not talking about what does this roster look like now in the grim. Like we're right. purely just talking about the speculative, the soon variable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, so that perspective, Boston comes in, they don't do well. Um, I think that they they are much quicker to um. Uh, defend the players than they are to uh, defend the organization. Whereas, you know, I think like NYXL um, or um, what, what are, what's another good example of, of a team that people are more quickly to defend the organization than the players. Um, he, I would have said like mm. season to doubt like dallas maybe dallas is an interesting one it's but but hopefully you get what i'm trying to say kind of like, there's like there's there's some people who are just like nah man nyxl can't cut it on nyxl see you next season kind of stuff um boston is not there yeah 
it's severely the opposite direction. Yeah, it's, it's they're an interesting one. I I really don't know how to feel I, about this roster. Go ahead, yes, I, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this now. The I think the soon pickup is has to be seen in the context of what other uh, offers that likely were. But let's be honest. I don't think soon had free choice, right? Like that's that's likely to be the case that the offer, the amount of, and that's not to say it was his only offer, um, mm -hmm. or that I know even, but um, I think that also kind of needs to be seen in that context of that news. So whatever happens with soon after the season could have happened this season already meaning yeah. retirement right yeah. so i think we need to accurately contextualize it now because i know like bashing boston is sort of like the thing that we do but i also think boston has done a lot to turn that round around has hired people has done right by people and um i think it like people just need to be judged by their most uh, recent action and sure. your prior needs to recheck constantly what people are doing mm. and for that reason like um i don't know like it's just i think giving sooner an opportunity there <sighs> this team now gives me a little bit of boston season one vibes in that sense not necessarily having like this old veteran soon but like this hybrid roster and like some daring uh, pickups. Yeah. Like uh, also the rumored players will uh, significantly yeah. elevate uh, if the they were to be part. signed. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. <laughs> right. Yes. Minus the crusty part. But I think Lori really bad wants to be crusty. So we, we'll see where, um, where this sure. leads. It's interesting. Like, in my mind, they are swimming above the poop tier. It's probably going to mm -hmm. be where they will sit, right? Just because the league is so competitive. But we will definitely have one of the teams we think very well of probably struggle. It's probably going to be more than one. And I think that Boston will also be able to get ahead of them. Now, if they perform any better than that, those expectations, that's instantly a big story. Right, like it's very. It will be very hard to put them put them anywhere significantly outside the bottom five. I don't think that's uh, realistic. But if they actually were to achieve that, at, when everything is said and done, then hats off. They've once again seen something that we didn't, like they did in season one, and then we can once again have a sorry. Right? You know what? I want to agree with you so bad. But until they actually maintain that and they keep the, the system and they keep the players that, that got them there, then I can't in good faith say that. Yes. This team might be good for a stage and then the following stage have a new roster having sold it all on the Boston Bazaar. Right? Like until that changes, I don't think this team changes. So mm -hmm. I need to see this team by the end of the season coming into the 2022 season continue to be competitive, continue to kind of kind of compete in the offseason market and, and want to be competitive instead of just throwing away their talent. 
because you yeah. had the best coach in the league on your team and you squandered it. You had Stryker, who's going on to be one of the best players in the world um, and a legend of the game, and you squandered it. You've had good players enter this uh, team and you cannot hold on to them. Why is that? I don't like the term squandered. I, I like sold, the term okay. that they, they sold him. They got rid of him. They sure, misjudged the situation and thought that he was less of a factor than he was. But when he was there, there was not, I don't think that there was anything really squandered about that opportunity. I think no, 100%. They like, they, they definitely got that, the value especially of it. given the drama 100%. in <laughs> stage two. I think they got about as much as uh, you would expect out of the, you know, one of the best coaches, not only in Overwatch, but in esports. Mm -hmm. um, Big agree. So, yeah, sorry, that was my only thing. Squandered was. No, I, I think I think that is that is apt because that that sounds like they didn't know what they had, and I, I think it's definitely hard to uh, sell them that short. But but hopefully the rest of the point kind of still made sense, where they they bring in good talent, they have good talent, and then somehow it just always just doesn't go up in smoke, but it is uh, exported, let's say. Um, and and I kind of am, am just over that. Which and was a this, celebrated strategy early on. Celebrated. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, a, what an amazing idea. What a team over here playing traditional esports while everyone else is still trying to get their G Fuel sponsorships and their gaming chairs all lined up. These guys are building a dynasty that can feed itself. They can develop talent and ship that talent off to continue to. We celebrated that after season one. We That's, celebrated that halfway through season two, and then yeah. we go, uh-oh, this doesn't work, and then in season three, we go, okay, this definitely doesn't work, at least at the level that we were celebrating it for before, yeah. and I've said this before, and I'll say it again on the show, uh, I think that Boston is uh, pretty well off as far as uh, franchises go, and I think that they're playing within the rules of kind of traditional sports management and how they manage budgets and players and, and organizations and, and, and how it is expected for the franchise uh, to float itself. But um, that doesn't necessarily lost my train of thought a little bit there, but it doesn't necessarily make them a mm -hmm. uh, winning team or a top franchise. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there with looking at the narrative kind of switch up. And it was always, at least in season one, I remember it being very much like, okay, they're, you know, this is, this is a long game. They're, they're coming in, they're trying to find their guy, you know, very much kind of that, that Patriot way, even though I please correct me if I'm wrong in that way. Um, football fans, American football fans, that is all oh, you hand and egg fans um, where, you know, you have the, the Patriots coming in they're they, they maybe go through a ton of iteration. They find their their rock and they build off of that and they become this dynasty. That's what at least was kind of positioned to be the, the uprising story. And it looked to be very, very similar in that way where you come in, you're 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 trying to find what works. You're exporting players and making financial success, as as the chat has aptly put it. Um but we haven't seen the fruits of that labor, if that was a labor at all, right? Um, maybe this is the season. Maybe this is the season where they 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 flip the switch, they start to metabolize and and build up 
uh, a sizable and competitive roster based on the work that they've done in the past. Maybe that's what we're seeing right here. But until the pen hits the paper in, in that way, I, I really have a hard time trusting in that in that sense because it's always been you know you get good players in and then they leave get good players in then you sell them get good players in and then they retire it's just like come on boston i'm really over just pooping on you boston yeah. here's the good news that you have to look forward to in the 2021 season you're going to be better than the toronto defiance so uh, there you go you heard it here first all right, we got to get out of here. This is fun. I miss you guys. This hey. Was, uh, this is a show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It was good. Oh, I man. enjoyed it. It was fun talking. Oh, chat. I, I'm probably going to get murdered for my defiant comments. Jeez. Uh, anyways, hope you enjoyed our very fun entertainment-centered podcast uh, where we have fun and say things that are fun and are only meant to be here to entertain you. Uh, big thank you to uh, Ashador and Fussel Kafer for your uh, resubs. Welcome back. Thanks so much uh, for supporting the show. And a big thank you to our patron producers, Refine Bean, Ferdino, Pran, Battlecrab, Lotion, Rexane, Audio Compass, Kasha67, Shara Picasso, Nathan, Your Misery, Hunter Tane, Fabled Steven, Roger B, Owen, Chris R34444, Horbjorn, I listen to the podcast whilst on the toilet and in the shower thinking of Yiska, Peace Camper, Anxiety Pokemon, Sir Girthalot, Bronzebot, Boohow, Evan, and Alex S. Thank you so much for supporting the show. We really do appreciate all your support. If you would like to support, go to patreon.com slash tactical crouch. Uh, you don't have to give a certain amount of money. We have a few perks. You've got dedicated roles and channels in Discord. Uh, we've got guaranteed access to game nights and movie nights. Uh, but ultimately, it's just a, a way to uh, thank and support uh, your content creators. And you can do that by going to patreon.com slash tactical crouch. And another great way to support is just to leave your Twitch Prime subs right here at twitch.tv slash tripod. And then, of course, uh, you know, again, money optional on all that. And just like, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, that's the kind of the big thing is really what we care about the most is that you're listening to or watching to a show that you enjoy listening to or watching and that uh, you find it entertaining, informative, whatever else you're coming to the show for. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Apologies to YouTube last week. I uploaded the video and didn't put any manual ads in. So YouTube did it for me and put eight ads in the first uh, 60 minutes. Oh, God. Um, I apologize. Everyone seems to be having that issue. I think. Yeah. That was just I've seen a as well, yeah. That mm. was ridiculous. Um, and so, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> apologies there. Uh, but we are going to go ahead and get out of here. And um, before we do that, uh, yes, guys, shout outs for the week. Where can people find you? All that good stuff. Um, Once again... You might look forward to next week. I got finally like next week is probably going to be a ton of um Overwatch content. Wait, is next week the which day is it? Uh yeah, next week is Christmas, guys. Next week is yeah. Christmas. Wow, dude, 2020 went so quick for me. I don't know. Like nothing about my lifestyle changed. I just worked a ton. Therefore, everyone is basically everyone else has been in a hyperbolic time chamber from my 
time perception, but basically like next week, like we we required Christmas content. I was like, I did Christmas content last year. What was it again? Oh yeah. Power rankings. So yours truly is going to do the dumb 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 thing and do pre-preseason power rankings uh starting next week. Probably will only release over Christmas, realistically. Expect 9k words on all kinds of... Uh, I'm not sure if it Call will end at 9k. Bangings or something. Like, give them another name. Something like this. Um, it's really more an ev evaluation of how I perceive the off-season um, situation to go. Also, um, more transparency and insights into teams. I got a couple of long-form interviews booked. Um, so I, I heard loud and clear it was already in the works beforehand, but... Um, that I'm sorry, I forgot the name of the French content creator uh, and uh, uh, shoutcaster, but that that type of deep content and also like asking the hard questions. Alpha cast? No, Zaro Zaroids. People will be able to piece it together. You gonna know who I'm talking about, Joe? Yeah, chat knows. I'm not gonna try to pronounce it though. That's oh, not oh, a thing, right? Yeah, Zardine. Zaroid? Mm, I think Zardine sounds familiar. <laughs> I don't think it's Zardine. I, if I'm gonna guess, it's definitely not that one. Zaroid? Maybe? Okay, Maybe. whatever. I'm th I'm sorry, but yeah. Like, that's not similar, but long-form interviews. We also have an... Uh, I had a fun idea because I know you guys are lazy as hell in watching these. So I got something for you as well. Um, yeah, that's that will be my next week. Sweet. Uh, Joe, what about you? Shout out to the week. Where can people find you? Uh, I, too, have Christmas content coming out. It's definitely much more uh, fun and uh, bear pokey in that way, where, you know, doing a little Overwatch Christmas list, maybe send that over to uh, Papa Jeff's uh, P.O. box. We'll see. Um, this evening, though, looking at some... Uh, Oh yeah, looking at some scrutinized Overwatch players and kind of um, picking out a few and, and hyping people up on some of the storylines coming into this this season and maybe continuing that as we get closer to the season start come spring. Um, and then tomorrow, um, I've somehow conned this, this, this lovely website, GG Recon, into allowing me to write about WoW. So uh, I get to try and defend them all. That's what I'll John, be doing. J John. This man is trying to defend them all as his own. I'm going to. Here's attempt. my defense of them all. Here's my defense of them all. Torghast is in it. It leads that's, to Torghast. That's, that's one. I'll, I'll give you that much. That is one. Wait, you're defending Torghast? No, no. Oh, I, He's yeah, defending them all. I'm saying yeah. the, the one defense of them all is that Torghast is in them all. So that's it. Uh, both of your opinions are shit. Um, <laughs> the moss sucks. Yes. And Torghast isn't any better, except that what? Torghast is at least a good idea. The Ma isn't a good idea, and it wasn't executed well. Torghast is a good idea that is a 45-minute waste of my time. <laughs> Make it 15, 20 minutes. We got a deal, baby. Yeah, Shorten those okay, floors a little bit. Make it a little bit mm -hmm. faster. 
it's super fun. I love getting collecting these things that make my character more powerful. And boom, by the you know floor five and six, I should be slamming right. It's a dungeon crawler. I get it. But if I'm spending thirty minutes on floor one, it's dumb. And if oh here's 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 the real shitter, bros. So if I go in, I play a shadow priest, and I can finish barely the fourth. Um, Difficult, the fourth hardest difficulty on my shadow priest, mm -hmm. but I can pop on my disc priest that I never use, don't have bars set up for, and do through level six solo. Come really? on, yeah. Oh damn, but they're scaled differently for healers and tanks. And so DPS. healers, it's like it's like so basically, if you're a DPS player, you're at a disadvantage. Like mage, warlocks, hunters. I'm so sorry for you guys because you don't even have the option. But mm. if you are going through Torghast right now as a DPS and you have a healer or a tank off spec, you're a f***ing chump. <laughs> this is a... I felt like I, I, I just I stacked like, fade abilities and... I feel like I, I can't do along. weeks off on this episode because I just have a lot of <laughs> He's built pent up. up opinions and <laughs> energy. I don't know what it is. I'll try to change your mind. I don't know that I'll succeed, but... I'll try to defend the maw as best I can, because I think it, there is some there's some things that I think should be said. Oh, the, the like like JLS the part where like guys. nobody's ever gotten out except for use your Hearthstone. Yeah. Mounts don't listen to you here though. Yeah, yeah. little little uh, continuity yeah. issues for Dude, sure. But that's that? that's the thing. Like whenever I walk through Oribos, it's just like. Hello, Mawwalker. Nah, I'm not the Mawwalker. I'm the more Jaywalker. I walk where the <laughs> fuck I want, bro. I go in, out, in, out. This is like, like nothing. What is death? Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I, I mean, it's like, you know what? If you want to make every, if I pull aggro and I get hit by a mob and you want to dismount me in the maw, okay. Fine. But when I'm trying to go from point A to point B and I'm just like strolling along this empty barren pathway with nothing there no no nothing to click on nothing to mine nothing to do anything it's just bad <laughs> it's just bad i mean it could be better in some ways that's for sure it'd be but a lot better the real question is could it really be worse Answers no. Uh, Thanks could be, everybody it could be for garrisons. hanging out. Could be garrisons. <laughs> Yo, I still make mad money on my garrisons. Don't you be, don't you be hating on garrisons. <laughs> don't you be hating on those. Uh, chat, uh, thanks so much for hanging out. I uh, hope you had a fun time today. We will be back next week with another episode of Tactical Crouch. And of course, uh, we will promise you a game night or movie night soon and not give you an actual date for it. We love you all. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.